It's hour two of the game. The game after work. Game after dark. Oh, Chiefs fans. If you're going to the game Saturday, oh boy. Uh-huh. I saw somebody tweeted this out of what it's going to feel like. You know, the temperature. Like, there's a temperature and then what it feels like. Well, we know during the winter and during the summer, uh, the, uh, the feel like is going to be probably higher or lower than the actual temperature depending on the season. Uh, Chiefs fans, a kickoff for the Seattle game at Arrowhead, Saturday at noon, six below. I was telling the story yesterday morning. Um, the final game for Dan Reeves as head coach of the Denver Broncos was a day that will be much like what Saturday temperature-wise and all that is. Larry Zimmer, one of my mentors, was the voice of the Broncos at the time, insisted on that window being open in the booth. I don't know that I've ever been so cold for a football game. Well, you should have seen my technique um, because at, at Bishop Stadium, the home of the Manhattan High Indians, so there is a light right above the windows. Mm-hmm. And as a broadcaster, it really Awful. stinks because there's Awful. a bad glare. Yeah. Uh, so I've, I've never been a fan of that press box just bec- for that, for that reason. It just makes it tough on me. So I open the window so I can see the see the game without a g- bad glare. Now, the, the Manhattan coaches have done a good job of, like, in their booth, they have, like, this uh, – it's, like, just kind of this dark covering to put over the – it's not like a blanket or a towel or anything. It's just – I don't know what it is. But they put it over the lights where the, so the light is still kind of getting through, but it's there's no glare. So it's filtered. Yeah, filtered. Yeah, sure. That's that's a, that's a good good word there. Um, probably just need to do that or just right. screw the lights. But the last couple of games that were at Bishop for the playoffs, it was really cold. That Derby game was really cold, but I still had the window open because I I needed to see what was going on. Sure. Now it didn't it didn't bother anybody else because I was I was the one in front of the window. But for that derby game, I took a, a space uh, like a yeah space heater space heater yeah, <laughs> and I just put it in front yeah. of me yeah and, and you know that didn't really help a whole lot. It was a little windy, I think, that day, uh, but uh, it wasn't a big help. It, no, it was humorous when earlier in the season we had the one evening where it was seventy degrees, and the next night the rain fell. Remember where Rock Creek's game got moved up because yes. of the rain? Yes. Yeah, 70 degrees at kickoff time, and I had a window open. I don't know that I would have the night, the next night. No. no. So the space heater, you know, it, I, and I had it on full blast, and it's a good space heater. Uh, it was just enough I could, I could barely mm-hmm. feel it on my hands. And then, yeah, every time out, every time I took a break, I'd close the door, close the window for 30 seconds. But right. the thing is about that press box, it didn't bother anybody else. I was in front of it, but there's a heater right behind the people to my left. So they're fine. It's mm-hmm. blasting on them. They'll be all right. Maybe it even helped them out because if it wasn't open, it'd get too hot in there. Right. Valid. Or kicked it on more to help them stay warmer. Yeah, it's going to be cold enough at Arrowhead on Saturday. I don't think a full wolf costume would keep you warm. You need multiple <laughs> wolf costumes to be able to withstand the cold and watch the whole game against so the Seahawks. that's what it was. He was buying more costumes. God, I'd hope so. If you're wearing that thing weeks one through four oh God. at every location and you're outside, I'm too hot. Too hot, man. That, that's where the craziness set in. Is wearing that thing, talking about Chiefsaholic who got arrested for uh, 
robbing a bank in Oklahoma on his way to the Texans game this past weekend, and he's on in jail on a two hundred thousand dollar bond. Um, wearing that thing in the heat right. in the first few weeks of the NFL season, no. That's that's complete. Think how much worse it would be if it was still AstroTurf. Yeah, just radiating. Pretty, yeah, because he sits pretty close. Usually pretty close. I think I don't know where he sits at Arrowhead. I'm sure he's a front row guy. You're crazy enough to dress up like that for every game. You're crazy enough to spend buku bucks, and we know he's got some bucks because apparently he's been robbing banks and also laying down some huge bets on the Chiefs. All right, um, coming up here in a few moments, we're going to be hearing from K-State quarterback Will Howard, his thoughts on uh, just really his season. And the wild story that is just alone, but also you know getting ready to play the Alabama Crimson Tide in 11 days. We are 11 days away from the bowl game on December 31st, New Year's Eve. Power Cake Game Day will start at 7 in the morning. I know, hard to imagine, right? Getting up at 7 in the morning, do a pregame show. Will be, everybody be up and ready to go? Let me tell you from experience, not from the not from the Sugar Bowl, but from New Orleans, people will be out and about, having a good time at 7 in the morning. With the Sugar Bowl taking place and K-State fans being in town, Louisiana, New Orleans, don't worry. You're going to make I, some money. I, I, I was going to say, how is the uh, breakfast going to be that day, the 8 to 10 pregame party nearby the dome that the alumni association has yeah so will bloody mary's be on the uh be on the menu i'm sure somebody will have them now I'm, yeah i think that's a given so in new orleans i'm pretty sure like there's no there's no last call like bars will stay open as long as they want i believe and then they'll just start shutting down once things start to calm down on bourbon street but they will stay open all night if they want to so You've been warned, I guess. You now know. Why do I hear someone saying challenge accepted off in the distance? Is that you? No. <laughs> are you, you going to come out on New Year's Eve? Are you going to Are you going to spend time in the hotel watching the games? You know, I was debating that this morning. How when I was... are you debating that? It's New Year's Eve in New Orleans, one of my favorite, I mean, it's one of my favorite towns, but I'm like, there's going to be TVs out there anyway. True. I, I'm like that. With, I asked Mason the other, the other day about that. I'm like... How, why would you stay in your hotel room? You can't be that boring. Well, the one flaw with it is, is that my body clock operates much different than yours. I understand that, but sometimes you just got to force it for the good. Yeah, I know. And trust me, that is under consideration. As I said, I have not made any pure decision because I want to wait and see how, how things go. Have you ever tied your shoe with your foot sideways? No. It's a bit weird, but I've just pulled it off. So, uh, uh, by the way, so I know we've got the pep rally planned for while we're out there. Mm-hmm. We've got game day. We've got one show to do out there. No, two. Two. Okay. I mean, uh, the, pep rally. the one on the pep, yeah, yeah we, around we, the pep rally. I mean, we'll do a show beforehand. We're, we plan to do the show at the pep rally on Friday because doors open at four. We'll start a little after four. And then once the pep rally gets started, we'll have the pep rally. We plan to have it here on K-Man, live, like we did last year. What are our plans for Thursday? I don't know. Where are we going to go hide? We'll just uh, we'll set up shop somewhere, somewhere on Urban Street and okay. do a show. Pull up a spot on a balcony and, uh, and go let's anywhere. go. We can go anywhere in the French Quarter and have a good show. I'm sure somebody will let us do our thing. I'm good with that. That works. As long as we give them a few plugs. Yeah. Okay. We'll be fine with it. <laughs> 
See, there's a reason New Orleans is called the Big Easy. The reason it's called the Big Easy because it's very laid back. It is a laid back lifestyle. We just we take it easy. We don't take things too seriously. We're good people. I plan too much. I know. No, I, I believe me. I've already been looking into it. Okay. You know. I, I yeah. I'm just yeah. I plan too much. So so as our leader Corey Reeves, he's been looking into. I'm it sure as well. he has. I so, get it. Just still working out some of those kinks. I've already talked to a few folks about doing the show for the pep rally. So okay. Yeah. No, I understand. You're, you're a planner like I am, but I don't plan. See, the thing is, like, football season is so nuts that I'm afraid to expand my planning past the week. Because then I'm going to forget about something this week, and I'm going to really bury myself into a hole. Just trying to kind of break out of that funk now that we're into basketball season. Power K game day will be the last one of the year coming mm-hmm. up on the 31st. Mm-hmm. All right. Speaking well, actually, here. Okay, let's get to it now. Let's go ahead and do it now uh, because K-State basketball has a game tomorrow. So Speaking of early wake-ups. And it's a weird, it, yeah, it's a weird start time, 1.30. It's a doubleheader with the women. Get there early for the women's game. Go to at 11 a.m. when they play Morgan State. But the men take on Radford. And guess what? We need to predict the game. Mitch Palm has done. The algorithm has punched the numbers. Travion, let's do some Mitch Palm. Here's Mitch Palm with tomorrow afternoon prediction, and it's K State ten and one. Radford is six and six. Public University out of Radford, Virginia, a place nobody's ever heard of. Founded in the nineteen tens. Um, this is a university that could de- cannot decide what it wanted to be. First, it was a women's college. Then it turned into a teacher's college. Then it turned into, all right, we're, we're a women's college, but we're going to throw in this academic course for men. Let's get, let's get a few guys here, but not too many. And then in the 60s, it just basically became a full-blown college or university, a lot more men. Mm-hmm. Real co-ed type of place. And, yeah, now it's since 1979, it's just, you know, a regular university. Now, the uh, the mascot for Radford is the Highlanders. It's to honor the region's Scots-Irish heritage, as you could maybe imagine from hearing those details of what this mascot would look like. If you don't, just picture Braveheart. It is a roided Braveheart with no makeup and no sword. That is the mascot for Radford. So it got me wondering, in a bank robbery situation, who would be more intimidating? Radford's mascot or Chiefsaholic in the whole wolf costume? <laughs> I got to be honest with you, I think I have to go with Chiefsaholic. First of all, he's got a gun. And, uh, you know, a wolf face compared to a, uh, a Scott-Irish lad with a lot of muscles but a smile on his face. Yeah, I got to go with the wolf. Yeah. Got to go with the wolf in that situation. So uh, not looking good for Radford so far. Identity crisis and, uh, you know, the mascot's kind of a wuss. <laughs> now this series, this will be the first ever meeting between these two programs. Looking at Radford, 
I think we're going to see a lot of a lot of different matchups with Radford likely to go four guards with a Ford. And, uh, you know, nobody plays more than 28 minutes per game. So you're going to see a lot of guys sub in and out as they'll maybe go nine or ten deep. At guard is where I think they're best. 5'11 guard and freshman Keon Giles and 6'5 junior Brian Antoine averaging 12 points and 10 points respectively. They each shoot the three well. So keep keep this in mind. They each shoot the three well, and they each shoot it about five times a game. Giles shooting 41%. Antoine is at 30, a little over 37%. Now their four that does bother me the most is Shaquan Jules, 6'7 senior. So he's he's got a lot of experience under his belt. And he's kind of all of a sudden turned into this double-double machine. I shouldn't say machine. He just... He's got way more than he has had in his career. Actually, before this year, he's had just one double-double, and now he has three this season. He just had one against Eastern Kentucky of 11 points and 11 rebounds. He averages 8.7 rebounds a game. Big key is to keep him off the glass. Keeping him off the glass would be pretty big. Now, they're a team that shoots 47.5% from the floor. They're 36%, 36.3% from three-point range. That's really not too shabby. That's all right. That's better than Nebraska. Now, where they really kind of hang their hat, I thought this was kind of a funny, you know, it, more of a just a coincidence thing, I think, than anything. In their game notes, they said that this team is at its best when it gets to the free throw line, but not because of making free throws. It's just getting to the line. They are 6-0. and when they shoot more free throws than their opponent, they're 0-6 when they shoot less free throws than their opponent. Well, this is a 68% free throw shooting team. They do average 18.5 attempts a game. K-State's 72% from the line, but they've been under 70% the past five games, averaging about 20 attempts per game. Now, I think if K-State just does their thing defensively, forces turnovers, this will be no issue at all. But I will say Radford does a decent job of forcing turnovers as well. They average about forcing 15 and a half a game. Hell, the other night they forced VCU into 25 turnovers. And but the thing is, Virginia Commonwealth they still won the game. Yikes! Yeah, sorry, Radford. That's uh, boy, you have such a great defensive game and you still lose. Not a good look. That is not clean living in the lo- in the eyes of Mitch Palm. K-State's forcing almost 18 turnovers a game. That's 23rd in the country. Another area that K-State will most likely outmatch Radford in. But you know, we got to get to the famous alumni. Can Radford gain more trust from Mitch Palm with its famous alumni? Famous alumni number one is Frank Beamer. (laughs) Former head coach of Virginia Tech. From 87 to 50? Yeah. That was a yeah. long time. College Football Hall of Famer in 2018. Respect where respect is due, in Mitch Palm's opinion. Respect to Frank Beamer. Won seven either Big East or ACC championships. Made it to a number of championship games. Never went all the way. Next is uh, Jama Mays. She was on Glee. But where Mitch Palm knows her best is she was on Paul Blart Mall Cop <laughs> in 2009. Other than that, not a big deal. But where Mitch Palm is, is a fan of this famous alumni is Marty Smith. 
He is an ESPN commentator. He's been he's done a lot of NASCAR, of course, but is of course involved with college football, mostly in the SEC area. Covers a lot of them. Alabama. Mm-hmm. Seems like he's always going to Tuscaloosa when uh, they do the uh, college football playoff reveal. Right. Got to get word from Nick Saban. It's usually him down there. Correct. Mitch Palm is a big fan of Marty Smith. Thinks he's very talented. Loves the delivery. Doesn't take himself too seriously. And also seen some videos of him like behind the scenes talking with people, talking to those that are aspiring to be somebody in his role or being on TV. Always there to offer some advice. That is a great deal. That's a big deal to Mitch Palm. But if Marty Smith is as good as it gets and this 6-6 six and six team that have played, yeah, they've played Notre Dame, but other than that, haven't played anybody real great. It's not looking good for Radford tomorrow afternoon. Ken Palm says 93% chance Cats get it done, 77-61. Mitch Palm says 99% chance by the final score, 83-58. to When we come back, we're going to hear from K-State quarterback Will Howard after these words. Oh, Oklahoma State men's basketball had a game this afternoon. They beat Texas A&M Corpus Christi 81-58. I remember calling a game, a baseball game for the Cats uh, in Corpus Christi. Texas A&M Corpus Christi Mm -hmm. was hosting. It was at Whataburger Field. Yes. I was like, man, I am at home. Did they have Whataburger to serve? They did not. I was like, "What?" It's like, what's the point? What? Although the sign, I will say at the at the uh, you know behind home plate as you're going to the stadium, great sign. I wanted to steal it real bad. I was like, "Dad, this looked great in the bar." Uh, but they win eighty one fifty eight. But I remember calling that game, and I was like, "Texas A and M Corpus Christi is an obnoxiously long name to have to say as yes. a broadcaster multiple times." Yes. Like, how do I abbreviate this? Do I say A and M C C or because you know like. These schools, they're okay with certain abbreviations, mm-hmm. but you can't just start making them up. No, and that's part of the problem now with their, well, their best rival, and that is Rio Grande Valley, UT Rio Grande Valley. Or UTRGV, they're cool with. I don't know what yeah. a Corpus Christi is cool with, but they're also called the Islanders. So I just went with Islanders a whole bunch. Sure, yeah. And they're like, who's the Islanders? I don't know. Well, gosh dang it. Give me a break, please. Let's see, who had the big day? Uh, that's not going to tell me. All right, whatever. Who cares? Uh, but the, I, I tell you what, though, Florida is actually playing Oklahoma tonight. That'll be uh, that'll be a very interesting because coming up in uh, well next month, K-State will play Florida mm-hmm. in Bramlage for the uh, Big 12 SEC Challenge. Oklahoma's 8-3, Florida 7-4. and four. That's 8-30 on ESPN2 for those wondering. And f- I swear, I, I swear earlier when I looked at this, Oklahoma was a two and a half point favorite. Now it's flipped to Florida, two and a half point favorite. Some money's gone down, huh? Well, that's a, that's that's what's interesting about it. You don't see a, like a mirror flip like that. Hmm. Interesting. Baylor also plays Northwestern State at seven o'clock. Baylor favored by twenty six and a half points. Troy, are you going to lay down a bet later on tonight on some games that you're picking the heavy favorites and you're going to pick Baylor tonight? I've got six down, six bucks down uh, on no, actually no, two bucks down on a six leg <laughs> that includes uh, the Oklahoma game. And Ooh, who do you, who do you got there? That, uh, that'll be the one that drives up the the OU uh, on money line. The win. I'm on OU money line. Okay. 
Uh, now that's not in that's not in Norman. That's in Charlotte, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Keep that in mind. Okay. Yeah, I've got Mississippi State, Marquette, Arizona, Gonzaga, Oklahoma tonight. All money lines. Hmm. Okay, so you bet two bucks. Yep. What's the payout? Eleven forty-five. If you did not have that Florida, Oklahoma game in there, you're making probably five dollars. That that probably I bet that would have doubled. That money line probably doubles. That one actually, the the other one that's surprising maybe misses would be Marquette actually and Providence oh, tonight. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. that's a conference game. Yeah. All right. Well, let's hear from Will Howard, quarterback of the Cats, and hopefully he's going to be quarterback for the next couple of years. <laughs> he's going to be the guy. He's going to be the starter. He will play. He's going to be the guy for uh, the Sugar Bowl. Adrian Martinez. Hopefully, uh, we'll be able to get him in the game at some point. Get him some. Uh, I don't. I don't know what the plan is, but we'll find out on December thirty first. But I'm sure Will Howard has a few thoughts on Alabama and just really, you know, his story on uh, the journey of becoming the guy this season and him improving, proving a lot of people wrong this year. Here is the media yesterday with Casey quarterback Will Howard. At what point did you kind of shift your attention to Alabama? I mean, as soon as we, uh, as soon as we finished that Big 12 championship game and as soon as we got word that uh, you know Alabama was going to be our opponent uh, we started thinking about them um, you know we obviously enjoyed you know the Big 12 championship win uh, for a little bit and celebrated and, and uh, you know but but as soon you know we knew that the job wasn't finished and you know there's one more uh, and as soon as we got word that we were playing Alabama we all were pretty fired up and um, so yeah it's it's been all about Alabama for a while, and uh, I'm, I'm excited. Can you describe the magnitude of this challenge? It's it's huge, you know. When when, when you're a kid and you, you think about college football, especially when I, you know, kind of when I was growing up, it was it was always Alabama. You know, they're they're top tier. They're they're what you know they're the standard of college football, I guess you could say. And so it's really cool to you know kind of be able to measure ourselves against the best. And you know, they people are saying you know they're having a down year for them, and the fact that it's a down year and they're still ranked number five, like that tells you enough, you know, about about Alabama. And uh, but no, it's it's for me, it's such a cool opportunity, you know, just to be you know playing a New Year's New Year's Six game, Sugar Bowl, you know, the stage is is big time, um, and. You know, I'm just really excited for the opportunity because we get to measure ourselves against the, against the best, and you know we feel like we're one of the best too. So it's gonna be fun. How cool is it to go up against Bryce Young, right? Obviously yeah, former Heisman Trophy winner. Mm-hmm. How cool is it to compete against him? It's really cool. You know, he's a he's a great guy. I've I've had the chance to meet him a couple times. I trained with him uh, out out in California over spring break for for a couple days, and he's a really good dude. And uh, you know, obviously a heck of a player. You know, we were watching some film on like Texas earlier in the year, and some throws he's making. Man, he's a he's a stud. So. It'll be it'll be it'll be really fun to play against a guy like him and all the dudes they got over there are studs. So it's gonna be fun. Watch your film. What's what was kind of the biggest takeaway for you from from Alabama's defense? What are, what do they do the best? They do a lot of good things. They're uh, you know they're really sound. They're really disciplined. You know they're gonna be really well coached. You know Nick Saban obviously is is the standard. But you know they're 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 big. They're physical. They're fast. Um, you know I feel like there's some there's some things that we can attack for sure. But um, you know it's gonna be a challenge because they're they're a really good team. They got some. They got dudes all over the place, and uh, their corners are are really good. They're uh, you know their fronts big. They're mammoth in there, and um, so yeah, it'll, it'll be a good challenge. But no, I'm 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 really excited for it. You said you have a little bit of a relationship with Bryce. Can you kind of take me into what kind of friendship or relationship you guys have, if any? Yeah, I mean we uh, I was I was at like a the Maxwell Awards with him in in 2020. You know when we were still in high school, we both had won awards, and we barely really talked there. But then we trained a little bit together this this spring and was was around him a little bit didn't didn't get to know him too well but um 
you know, he, he, every everything about him, he seems like a, a good dude, and you know, talking to him and and training with him, he's a really good player. So you know, just uh, getting the opportunity against play against him, you know, will be cool and. You know, hopefully he, you know, is. I bet he'll be a top ten pick next year. So, you know, I'm, I wish the best for him. Can you describe what a whirlwind this season has been, going from a potential redshirt to, to now? Yeah, yeah, that's a that's an understatement. Is a whirlwind. You know, it's uh, going. You know, just just my mindset. You know, being a backup. You know, thinking I'm going to redshirt and kind of trying to get ready for next year. Almost. You know, kind of mindset to. But I, you know, I knew obviously that I had to be ready to step in and do what I had to do this year. Um, you know, I didn't obviously know that, you know, what was going to happen happened. Um, but it's, it's super cool just because it shows you how, um, you never know, you know, you never know what's going to happen. You never, you know, you can, you can never bank on any one thing happening or not happening and you just got to be ready for, for whatever. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm so blessed that the, the opportunity was put in front of me, you know, that, that was put in front of me and, and I was able to do it, do what we did with it. Um, you know, because obviously I knew, like, I still wanted to redshirt, you know, even after Oklahoma State. But, you know, obviously when, when Adrian went down again, it was it was a no-brainer just with what was on the line. And um, being able to get a Big 12 championship win, like, I mean, if you would have asked any Kansas State fan if Will Howard would have been the, you know, the quarterback in a, in a you know, Big 12 championship game I, it, a couple months ago, I think they would have told you you're crazy. But, uh, you know, here we are, and uh, it's, it's kind of – it's kind of cool how things come full circle full circle and uh yeah it's just it's been a fun year and you know you never know what's going to happen you always got to stay ready and you know that's what i've tried to do and it's been it's been cool well you've talked a lot about your success this year at various points was mm -hmm. there a moment in training camp or spring practice where you kind of realized like maybe i'm a little bit of a different player than i was in the past i, I you know I, I i wish i could say that there was that that one moment but you know i re i can't really say you know i just feel like when i went out there at tcu it was it was kind of you know, I felt like I was, I was just more ready. You know, I just felt like I had been there. I was, I was settled in. And, you know, I, I obviously th think in the spring and in the fall, I knew that my, my ability to throw the ball had gotten a lot better and I just felt a lot more confident. And that was a, a huge part of, of what I needed to do was get more confident. And, you know, once things kind of started rolling in the season, that's kind of when I felt like I, you know, could excel. And, but no, I knew, I knew good things were ahead of me. I just, you know, wanted to get out there and be able to show it. And there he is, the best Will that'll be playing in the Sugar Bowl coming up on December 31st. Power Kick Andy will start at 7 in the morning, and kickoff will be at 11 a.m. from Caesars Superdome, the home of the Saints, become the home of the Wildcats, coming up in 11 days. Up next, number one song of the day after the break. Closed off from love, I didn't once or twice was enough and it was all in vain Time starts to pass before you know it you're frozen something happened for the very first time Do you hear that bass? Yes What the hell is this producer thinking? This song does not need that much bass <laughs> On top of that, it's a little loose. Yeah, just yeah the, the, the drum heads need to be adjusted. Sounds like they got the bass from some cheap kick drums. Good, good track. Hadn't heard it in a while. Man, this came out when I was a senior in high school. 
And holy crap. Was the chorus addicting? Remember, everybody was like, maybe not everybody, but it would just kind of randomly pop out. Somebody would just go, you know. Right. From 2008. Bleeding Love by, is it Liana Lewis? Leona? Liana? Liana. Four weeks at number one, and it wasn't consecutive weeks. It was in, out, in, out, in, out. Singer, songwriter, actress from London, England. You sound like you're from London. Paul Rudd. Well, her big claim before having a number one hit is she won the third season of The X Factor. Didn't know that until today. Mm-hmm. That was in 2006. She became the first British female solo artist to reach the top five with eight singles. The person that originally held that record was Olivia Newton-John, rest in peace, who had seven. She was a much bigger deal in England. Mm-hmm. Let's just put it that oh, way. Yeah. Much bigger deal in England. Over the United States, eh, you know, she was definitely known for one song in the United States. Unless, you know, there's probably some, you know, there probably happened to be one fan of hers that's listening to the show right now and be like, no. She had a song that went number 33. Like, okay. Okay, let's chill out. All right. Uh, let's see. It was said that in, in last year that she had sold over 35 million records worldwide. That's a pretty good pay- payday. That's really good money. Five studio albums, three top 40 hits. Her only number one and is from her debut album called Spirit. So this song was originally intended for Jesse McCartney. If you don't know who he is, he was an actor and he was like in this boy band I'd never heard of. I don't know. He's also a bigger deal in other countries. Uh, But then the uh, the record label, the boss was like, you know what? I think uh, old Miss Lewis would uh, fit this song a little bit better. He kind of took a little bit hard at first. He's like, how dare you? Do you know who I am? How was that guy that showed up on an episode of Zack and Cody once? I just learned something, Troy. <laughs> uh-huh. It's a, it's a pretty good episode, too. What also helped launch Leona Lewis's career was, uh, especially with this song, was like right before it went number one, she showed up on Oprah. Ah. Once that episode aired, straight to number one in, 20, uh, in 2008. She became the first British female solo act to top the U.S. chart since Kim Wilde in 88 with You Keep Me Hanging On. Nice. Took over 20 years. Yep. For another Brit female to get to the top. As a solo act. This song also broke like a bunch of records. It's crazy how record-breaking this song was. So when this song reached the top of the Billboard Hot 100... For the third time, it became the first track to have three separate turns at number one since January of 1979 with Sheik's Le Freak. (laughs) This spent seven weeks at number one in the UK. In doing so, it broke the record for the all-time longest-run UK top (laughs) chart topper Easy by, for you to say. By a British female. 
the previous record holder, and I'm not sure I've ever heard of her, Mary Hopkin, in 1968 with Those Were the Days. I'm not sure I've ever... Trayvon, you might have to pull that one up. I've never... I don't think I've ever heard of that. But maybe it's something that would... Maybe, you know, crank up the brain cells once it hits the uh, hits the old ear tunnels. The old canals. If you need a, re- if you need a reminder here, it's... Uh, Those Were the Days by Mary Hopkin. Oh, she was signed to Apple Records. I know who she is. So I know Apple Records. That was, of course, the Beatles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, Paul McCartney wrote Goodbye for her, which is a really good song. Mm, Okay. Do you have Those Were the Days pulled up? You might get an ad. Oh, no. Here we go. I feel like I'm about to see a puppet show. Sounds sinister. <laughs> well, it says in the um, description this was originally a Russian song and she adapted it with English lyrics. Uh-huh. See, I felt like I was taking a stroll in St. Petersburg. Mm, okay. Turn this up. Yeah, okay. Okay, I know this song for the most random reason. Do you want to hear why? Go ahead. So, in the 70s, there was a Star Wars holiday special. And oh, yes. There's a scene with they go to the cantina from the first movie, and B. Arthur is the bartender, and she sings this song. And just hearing this now, I just connected that that's the song that she's singing. <laughs> there's no Star Wars holiday special that George Lucas absolutely hates and wants burnt. Completely. Yeah, yeah, it was. I need the backstory on that more as to why they even produced one. There's no doubt in my mind Wes Anderson used this in a movie, <laughs> like Grand Budapest Hotel or something. Just seems fitting. Also, sounds like like her her singing style and also like just the sound of it, it sounds like it's kind of like it's from the 30s or something. Like it's a remaster like from Snow singing White. in a can. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All right, keeping up with Bleeding Love here. Let's see, where did I leave off? Okay, this song broke the record for the most spins on the pop radio singles chart in the United States with 10,665 plays in one week. It had the record for a couple of years until Lady Gaga's Bad Romance came up. Uh, Let's see. This was also the most downloaded single of 2008 on iTunes with 3.2 million digital copies sold. In second place was Coldplay's Viva La Vida. Third place was Flo Rida's Low. Jody got low, low. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a big song at the uh, the Rock Quarry in Concordia back in the day. September 2011. I hate phrasing the year like that. I'm sorry. 2011. That's the correct way, by the way. Uh, shout out to Robert Lipson. Bleeding Love was ranked Number 67 by VH1 on its list of the 100 greatest songs of the 2000s. And also, I didn't know this, but Billboard has a list of the 600 most massive smashes over the six decades of the chart. 
And this rang in at number 129. Not okay. this song you're hearing, Bring right. Love by Leona Lewis. We're still on a Russian slash English kick. Shout out to the Brits. They can make a good tune once in a while. All right. Travion, I want you to cut that. Let's get some Earth, Wind, and Fire going. You need Just cutting me off. Who does he think he is? Stone Cold? All right. You can get us out when we need to get out. I'm ready right. for your first question. Um, what do you tend to lose the most often? That's a good question. What do I lose the most often? Oh, well, no. I was going to say pins, but I'm actually the opposite. I'm really good at not losing pins. Lip balm tubes. Those are easy to misplace. They don't stand up well in the dryer either. <laughs> I've done that. <laughs> and it gets all over your, if you leave them in your pants, uh -huh. they get all over your pants. Yep. That's a whole mess. I had an answer for that. For some reason, I'm blanking on it. I was actually just thinking about this recently. I lose something all the time. What in the world is it? You might have to come back to me. What's the next question? Um, what noise drives you nuts? Wow. If there's one noise that you never could hear again, what would be that noise? My former the, boss's voice. The rock chalk, Jayhawk. <laughs> you know, the rock. The, the, the chant. The, yeah, the chant. The, the, yeah. Could give you nightmares. There's not like a little like something that you have to hear anyway that kind of annoys you. John Sterling and Susan Walt, whatever her name is on Yankees radio. I could do without that. <laughs> um, Michael K on the TV side is a is a third right there. So going back to that other question that you had, what do I always lose? This is a weird answer, but I always lose my sunglasses. So I always oh, just buy cheap I do ones. Too. Oh. I for some reason misplace sunglasses, or they just disappear. And so I'll go to the dollar store and buy the cheap ones that kind of look like Ray-Bans mm -hmm. right? and just go that way. You just pick up, the Z you, you pick up the ZZ Tops and you're good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we got it. Oh, what do I misplace? I don't know. I would say every pair of sunglasses that I've liked, I've left somewhere. Like the last one, really good ones I had, I left at Chili's and I went back and they were like, oh, we don't know where it is. There was, um, so... Okay. Former K State soccer coach and assistant had some. Oh boy, choice of seats. Hold on just a second. Okay, there it is. Um, had these it looked like Ray Bans, but they were Nike. I was like, oh, those are some sweet sunglasses. I looked them up. They're like 60, 70 bucks. I wanted to treat myself, but then I reminded myself, you know, Mitch, you're not good at keeping track of those things. Most I ever paid on on sunglasses was I bought a pair of Oakleys for seventy five. I think the old M frames. You know, maybe the KC Superstore. I, I think they used to sell them, or like you know, the store at the, at the bill or whatever would sell those sunglasses. But they are like they were actually purple tinted sunglasses. And I bought a pair one time, and I loved them. They were they fit right. I thought they were great sunglasses. Then then I took them to Vegas and I wore them in the pool, and the pool like. Kind of destroyed the purple tent. I was like, dang it, Vegas, you got yep. me. Yep. You got me with your Chlorine. glorious pool. Gotta love it. All right, we got to go. Reminder, tomorrow we're going to start at 5 because of hoops. And us just you know, kind of getting back late to the station because of press conferences afterwards. 
Uh, but also Thursday is going to be our recruiting special for the class of 2023 in K-State football. For Travion, Troy, I'm Mitch. We're out. Go Cats.